Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. Church, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been given advice from your friends that went directly against what you knew God had spoke to you about? Have you ever gotten that kind of advice? Some people call it bad advice. You knew God was telling you to go one way. Your friends were saying, no, 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 go another way. When I think about bad advice from friends, a story pops in my mind. You go, what story, Pastor? It's the story of Esther. Do you guys remember the story of Esther? When it comes to bad advice, I think Haman was the recipient of some ungodly advice. Well, no, Pastor, share the story. Well, remember, Haman was, if you will, an antagonist in the book of Esther. He was an evil man who tried to annihilate the Jewish people. And the account begins with a beautiful young Jewish girl named Hadassah. Hadassah, an orphan who had been raised by her cousin named Mordecai. The Jews had been living in exile in Persia, and when King Xerxes, also known as Assyrus, banished the queen and decided to choose another, Hadassah was taken into his harem. She eventually was chosen to be the next queen, and her name was changed to a more Persian-sounding Esther. The story goes, Esther or Haman, if you will, wanted Mordecai dead, as well as all the other Jews. Well, Esther invites Haman to a banquet and then to another banquet. But before I get ahead of myself, let me go ahead and read it to you. This is found in Esther chapter 5, verse 9 through 14. It says, So Haman went out on that day, joyful and with a glad heart. But when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate, and that he did not stand or tremble before him, he was filled with indignation against Mordecai. Nevertheless, Haman restrained himself and went home, and he called for his friends and his wife, Zeresh. Then Haman told them of his great riches, the multitude of his children, everything which the king had promoted him, and how he advanced him from above the officials and the servants of the king. Moreover, Haman said, besides all that, Queen Esther invited me, no one but me, to come in and with the king to a banquet she's prepared. And tomorrow I am again invited by her along with the king. Yet all this avails nothing. So long as I see Mordecai sitting at the king's gate, then his wife, Zeresh, and all his friends said to him, dun, 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 let a gallows be made 50 cubits high, and in the morning suggest to the king that Mordecai be hanged on it, and then go merrily with the king to the banquet. And this pleased Haman, so he had the gallows made. Good advice, bad advice. 
Note the outcome. In Esther chapter 7, verses 9 to 10, it says, Now Harbona, one of the eunuchs, said to the king, Look, the gallows, 50 cubits high, which Haman made for Mordecai, who spoke good on the king's behalf, is standing at the house of Haman. Then the king said, Hang him on it. So they hanged Haman on the gallows, which he had prepared for Mordecai, and the king's wrath was subsided. I think of that story because Haman was so mad and he called his wife and his friends and his friends said, I've got an idea. If you don't like that Mordecai, why don't you build a gallow? Why don't you build this giant gallow and hang Mordecai on there and then go to the banquet and everything's going to be happy and it's all going to be good. This is what you should do. Well, we know the story. We know that Esther, for such a time as this, comes in Share saves the Jewish people, but the gallows that were built, Haman ends up on them. And I think this was just a story of getting, well, this is just one story of getting some bad advice. You understand that? And so what David does is he reminds us, okay, we all have friends that, that we know what God is telling us. We know what God is, wants us to do. We all have friends, but sometimes we get some ungodly advice. And David says, okay, here's what I want you to see. I want you to see that all y'all, and that's what he says, all y'all, you need a strong foundation in your life. A strong foundation in the Lord. Why? Because we see many well-meaning and not-so-well-meaning people will come into your life and give you bad advice. We see that. And they'll come in, they'll say, whoa, no, no, you shouldn't do this. Oh, no, no, you shouldn't do that. Or maybe you should do this. No, 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 no. No. There are people, when you're called into the ministry, that might come to you and say, no, 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 God would never call you into the ministry. No, no, your past is just too awful. God could never use someone like you. And we've all had people that we've had to separate from because they've actually given us bad advice than what we heard from God. Your foundation... Your trust in the Lord is what's going to keep you on the right path. Let me say that again. Your foundation, your trust in the Lord is what's going to keep you on the right path. When I think of foundations, and it reminded me of a story. And it's a story about Vince Lombardi. And Vince Lombardi was one of the winningest coaches who ever coached in the NFL. Once, after losing a game, he called for the team meeting in the locker room. He, as he faced these season-hardened men who knew football in and out, he held up a football and announced, Men, this is a football. Then he said, men, we must get back to the basics. Lombardi knew 
the importance of never forgetting the basics of the game. And he believed that the strength of the game lay in the foundations of football, the very basics. And I thought, you know what? Isn't that true with our lives? Isn't that truth? If we forget the very premise of Christianity, is that not? Are we not the people of the book? And if we forget the very premise, the very foundation in which our Christianity, our lives were built, guys, then we will lose out on this game called life. We will have, you ready? A faulty foundation. Listen, church, that's what David is trying to communicate with us tonight. It might be time to go back to the basics of life. First and foremost, what we need to do, spiritually speaking, is check out the foundation and make sure there are no cracks in it. That's very, very important. Check out there are no cracks in it. So tonight, let us check our foundation, for if our foundation is off, then our lives are out of balance. That's exactly what David wants to communicate. I heard a pastor say this the other day, and I'm going to use his quote. His quote was something like this. When God wants to bless you, he will bring people into your life. When the devil wants to distract you or destroy you, what does he do? He sends people into your life. So if people coming into your life are either a blessing or a curse, it's up to us to decipher if this relationship is going to benefit me and push me towards all that God has for me, or is this relationship going to subtract me from me and take away from what God has for me, end quote. I thought that was pretty cool. And you go, why? Because we have to decipher, guys, our relationships. And you go, well, how do I decipher these relationships? Well, first and foremost, through the word of God. Through the word of God. Take a quick look at your friends and let me ask you this. Are they pushing you to all that God has for you? Are your conversations always pushing you to the glory of God? Are they seeing you what the way God sees you? Or are your friends, if you will, like the friends of Haman, are they giving you ungodly advice? or the advice of fear and not faith. This is very, very important. We should always surround ourselves with friends that want to push us to the throne room, that want, to, want us to be better. And so many times I think of Haman, I think of other people, I think of David's enemies, I think of all these that didn't want any of us to succeed. And why should you have a house? And why should you drive that car? 
You don't deserve that. Well, if I can't have it, you can't. And, and, and you get all of these things. You go, Ben, calm down. Get back to your prayer. Okay, well, here's the purpose. Listen, this is what David wants, wants to say as we study Psalm 11. It really is a heart devoted to God. So if you're there, let's look at Psalm. Let's look at the first three verses. David writes, in the Lord I put my trust. How can you say to my soul, flee as a bird to the mountain? For look, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow on the string that they may shoot secretly the upright at heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Your attention, please. If we just read this, we'll miss exactly what David is trying to tell us. There are times we read the Psalms and we're like, if I trust in the Lord and how can I say to my, flee to, you know? But let's, let, let's dig deep. Let's dig deep. Here you go. It's interesting. And if you're a highlighter in your Bible and you're not afraid to write on it, the first seven words are key. You go, what's that? This is the foundation for our lives. David starts off and he says this. Are you ready? In the Lord, I put my trust. Okay? Let's all say it together. In the Lord, I put my trust. Why is that important? Why is that important? Because a lot of us don't trust Jesus. Or, or, or let me say it this way. A lot of us sort of, in some areas, trust Jesus. In other areas, we're not so trusting, not so sure. And David says, whoa, 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 wait. Here's the first thing you guys need to know. Here's the foundation. What's the foundation? In the Lord... I put my trust. Let's say it again. In the Lord. Right. So what does that mean? What does that mean? What can we take away? Because every one of us is, is looking at this so differently. In the Lord, I put my trust. And some of us trust the Lord. And others don't trust the Lord. We love Jesus, but we don't trust him. We're not sure. But so what does it mean? Well, let me say this. Trusting God means that no matter what battle you may be in, no matter how many enemies you feel you are facing, that you know that God will not let them win. That's trusting the Lord. You see, the one thing you need to take away from tonight is God has a plan to deliver you from whatever is having a hold from you. Do you trust the Lord? You see, because not only is trusting the Lord no no matter what battle you're going through, It also means that you believe that anxiety and depression and addiction and gossip and persecution, you name it, God will not let it defeat you. Can I get an amen? That's trusting God. That's trusting God. Church, listen to me. You all here are believers. You are fully devoted followers of God. And what happens to fully devoted followers of God is you're going to be persecuted. The world we live in hates you. 
because it hated my Jesus. And not only did God create you in the Imago Dei, in the image of God, but now you even represent and reflect him even all the more. That's what you do. And so, and so many people abroad, many people abroad are anti-God. And, they're, and again, but I need to trust the Lord. You see, because my coworkers, the people at school, all of the other, there's persecution. But you need to know that God will not let this defeat you. You see, trusting God is more than just saying it and going, okay, I trust God. I trust God. You see, trusting God means that you believe he has a plan for your life. And that you trust in his ways. And even though you are not able to see the finish line, or what is to come in the future, but you trust that it is good. Guys, think about it. That is trusting God, that he has a plan. And sometimes, guys, we stress and we struggle and we fight and we... uh, 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 Because we don't really trust the Lord. And I want to be in the place where I can say what David says. He says, in the Lord, I put my trust. Well, it means, it means that he has a plan for me. He has a plan for you. Listen, he, he, didn't, he didn't save you so that you can sit on the sidelines. He didn't save you so you can just, okay. He saved you because he's got a great plan and you have to trust in that plan. Well, pastor, I can't see the finish line. I know. The beautiful thing about God is he doesn't let us see the parade from start to finish. He just lets us see one float at a time. What would happen if you knew the finish line? Well, that's going to happen to me. I'm going to suffer over Oh, no, no, no. Lord, I'm out. But that's not trusting God, is it? Guys, guys, think about it. Trusting God means you're holding on to God all day long. You understand the term pray without ceasing because it's always under your breath. Lord Jesus, help me today. Guide me. Show me. Lord, don't let me kill that person. Lord, Lord, please, this person in front of me on the loop, I'm about to hunk my horn. Lord, and we're praying all the time. But the problem is, is we're hanging on to the Lord. And what we're doing, guys, is we're trusting him to be present, listen to me, in every situation, every moment, or any feeling that you may be in. Trusting God is being vulnerable. And communicating with him constantly. Praying to him during the bad, the good, the stressful, the joyous. 
That's trusting God. And when I started to think about all the things, am I trusting God? You see, because what David wants to point out to you and I tonight is this is the foundation for our life. And we have to dig deep. And we have to ask in deep in our heart, do I really trust God? Do I really trust God? Oh, pastor, I'm here at church on a Wednesday night. Of course I trust God. No, 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 guys. Deep, deep, deep. Do I trust the Lord? Do I trust the Lord? You realize that when it comes to the Word of God, the foundation of the Word of God is found in Genesis chapter 1 in the first few verses. You know that, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And where do you think the enemy attacks? What foundation does he attack? Does he attack anything else? No, because if he can, if he can discredit Genesis 1-1, then everything else falls apart. If you can't believe in the beginning, Elohim, Bada, created out of nothing the universe, if you can't believe that, everything else falls apart. Because if I come to you and go, hey, there is a virgin, and she was impregnated by the Holy Spirit, how does that make you? Well, I don't know if I believe that. But if you believe Genesis chapter 1, Verse 1, in the beginning, everything else is believable. And the beauty, guys, the, the thing that's so exciting. I was talking to Melanie earlier today. The thing that's so exciting, and I don't know if you feel this, but at any moment, the Lord Jesus could come and take us home. Any moment. And so my days are now filled by going, okay, I'm ready. And I'm in the shower, you know, and okay, that would be weird, but I'll go anyway. I'm driving the car. Are you guys feeling that? Are you feeling, okay, Lord. That's the days we live in. That's the days we live in. Church, I understand that there are some beautiful people out there, but they don't get what we get. They don't understand what's going on in the world. They don't grasp the fact that that Russia is going to be in the, it's Russia's in the Bible, it's going to take over Poland. Well, you can't prophesy, you can't say that. I'm saying he's, that they're part of the coalition that's going to attack Israel. I see it happening. It's like reading the newspaper. So I get excited. I get excited. Now, what do I get excited about? I get excited about it could be days, it could be months, and it could be years. Come on, somebody. But I'm ready right now. I'm ready right now. And this is exciting because David says, okay, okay, so what I got to do, what I got to do is I've got to come back and I say, how's your foundation? How's your foundation? You know, if your foundation is off at your house, your doors don't close. You close them and they go, and you'll close it, and you'll go, you're found. everything is off balance. You understand that. Why? The foundation is key. Foundation is key on everything. Okay? This is what David wants to speak, and this is what he comes. He says, okay, okay. Now, in the Barnes commentary, he writes this. In the Lord, I put my trust. He says, it's designed to be an answer to the counsel 
which others had been giving him to escape, and it implies that he was determined at that time and always to put his trust in God. What did they do? They advised him to flee. In the existing circumstances, he felt that it would have implied a lack of confidence in God. He determined, therefore, to maintain his present position and to rely upon the intervention of God in due time, end quote. That's what Barnes wrote, and I thought it was really good. You go, Ben, what did he say? He said, the very first seven words is, here's my foundation, because I know what you're going to tell me to do. This is key for even our young people. The foundation of your walk has to be strong for the enemy wants to take out our young folks. And not only our young folks, but our children. You don't realize that when, when they come to children's ministry, our goal is to continually pour in to their foundation that you've started. Because they need that. Because the devil's going to come in and whisper, oh, oh, it's okay. It's okay. We can do this. You'll be fine. You won't get pregnant. No, everybody's doing it. Come on. Just one hit. One pill. You're fine. You just want to catch. You want to escape, don't you? No, 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 no. And I just want to, I need to trust the Lord. I want to trust the Lord. You see, the counselors here, well, their advice was what? Flee. Run, David, run. Go. Remember, David here, guys, is faced his temptation to flee. Yet he expresses his faith in the Lord. Notice what he says. He says, how can you, how can you guys say to me, flee like a bird to the mountain? He says, for look, the wicked bend their bow. They're ready to make their arrow on a string that they may shoot secretly upon the heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Guys, this is a panic that launched the psalm was not David, but it's apparently David's well-meaning counselors. How, how can you tell me to go here? How can you tell me to do this? How I don't understand. David says, in you, Lord, I'm putting my trust, but my friends are telling me to run. And I think about this, because here's what I want you to keep in mind, church. There are two different... Um, there are two different voices speaking to David. There are two different voices. David says, okay, Lord, I'm going to put my trust in you. And other voices saying, hey, you got to go. You got to flee. You got to go out of here. Let's run, move. Hey, you, you're, you're, you're ready to go. But here's what I want you to see. Ready? David made up his mind not to listen to the, to the bad advice, but to trust in the Lord. To trust in the Lord. And maybe you're here today and you've been getting some bad advice. Run, flee, move, go. You go, no, I'm going to trust God. He's going to work it all out. He's going to work it all out. 
He's going to work it all out. Who? The Lord. Well, what's the Lord? Well, he's calling out to Jehovah, the name of God. And he says, in him I put my trust. What does that mean? To flee for protection and confide in. That's who I want to be. And if we look at the Bible, the prophets spoke of foundations. Jesus spoke of foundations. Paul spoke to Timothy about foundations. And that's what David wants to give us, the foundation. What's the foundation? Well, it's found in the first seven verses. In the Lord, I put my trust. How can you say to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? Okay, I want you to jot this down if you're taking note. Ready? Faith stays the course. Faith stays the course. It goes the extra mile. Others that don't have a strong faith foundation will always try to escape the pressure. Let me say that again. Faith stays the course. One of the biggest things probably all of you faced when you first got saved was the fact that the enemy told you you weren't saved. And the pressures, Jesus talks about that in the parable of the seeds, right? The pressures come up and choke out the, the, the growth. And he says, oh, forget it. I don't want to be a Christian. And see, that's the problem with Christianity. If I have your attention for just a moment, we have to be so careful that we don't say, well, if you give your life to Jesus, it's going to be wonderful. You're going to have everything you've ever wanted. It's going to be great. Hey, rah, rah, amen. And you're going to, you're going to pay off your house and God's going to give you 15 Cadillacs and you're just, it's going to be great. Who wants to give your life to Jesus? I go, I do. And we do that. And then when that doesn't happen, and when the enemy comes in hard and starts to attack you, and attack your family, and attack your, your, your kids, and attack your marriage, and attack all, guess what happens? You go, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't sign up for this. I thought it was all going to be good. I thought I was going to get all this stuff. I thought I was going to get a big income tax check, and now I have to pay. That's not Christianity. Come on, somebody. Don't we walk, don't people walk away at that point? Your foundation is what's key because that's going to keep you on the right path. You're going to be able to say right here, faith stays the course. Some of us in this room can't see the future, but we have to stay the course. What is God going to do with my life? I don't know, but it's going to be glorious. How do you know it's going to be glorious? Because God loves you. He loves me. Somehow we get this weird pictures of God with his arms crossed going, no, 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 no. And he's, and, and he's, and he's so angry with us and he's so mad at us and he's so, and we can't do anything right. And he's that, he's that mean dad. That's not God at all. Get that picture out of your head. He goes, man, I have your best interest at heart. I've got a plan for you if you'll just trust me. If you'll just trust me. Do you trust the Lord? Do you trust the Lord? I want you to put yourself in, in Peter's shoes for just a moment. Peter said, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. 
all the other people were like, don't do it, Pete. Don't, you're going to drown, bro. I ain't throwing this net over for you, dude. What did Pete do? Pete's the only one that got out of the boat. He trusted the Lord. Listen, listen, you ready? I trust the Lord as long as I'm in the boat. I trust the Lord as long as I'm safe, secure, I've got money in the bank, things are going good. I trust the Lord, I've got a good job, hey, I'm good. What if the Lord tells you to get out of the boat? Do you trust the Lord? Eighteen years ago, it took everything I had to get out of the boat and move. I was on staff at the church. Had a great house we were renting. Family down the road. Super food. It was amazing. You, you guys realized, you realized the way things turned out in my previous church, I would probably have been the pastor taking over that church. Looking back. But I got out of the boat, and I, and I walked by faith. I had to stay the course. I had to stay the course. My foundation had to be strong. Why? Because you guys don't understand. We went through a major financial uh, hardship. Major. The church was really small. You go, Ben, it's small now. It was smaller. We weren't having, we didn't have any tithes. We just, it was small and I was working and I was trying to put two studies together and, and I could see my savings drop, 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 drop. Within a few months, I was like, we have nothing. And, um, and the enemy and, and, and God both spoke. They spoke the same thing. What did they speak? Are you going to leave? Are, are you going to leave? Now's a good time. Ben, now's a good time. Church is small. You haven't really established anything. You don't have a job. You don't know anybody here. Listen, you got your wife and your family. That's okay, bro. It's okay if you made a mistake. The other voice was, hey, are you going to leave? Or are you going to stay the course? Are you going to stay the course? And, And that's what David is trying to tell us, guys. Faith stays the course, and it even goes that extra mile. People who don't have that strong foundation, that faith foundation, are going to always try. Well, that leads me to another point. I want you to think about this, okay? Can we all agree that life on earth is um, pretty hectic right now? Lots of pressure, stresses, fears, and worries. Can we agree on that? Now, the one thing I want to remember, because when I think about faith stays the course and goes the extra mile, the one thing I want to remember is that we don't necessarily want to go to heaven because things are bad on earth. You've heard people say that. I'm about had it. Things on earth are so bad, I'm ready to go home. You go, well, Ben, that's not necessarily bad. No, 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 but think about this. I need to change my tune. Why? Because I want to go to heaven because I love Jesus. Not because things are bad on earth. You see, you see, I don't want to just escape the yuckiness of this world. Although that would be great. 
And sometimes you'll hear people say, I can't take this, life is so bad, I, I want Jesus to come back right now. But faith says this, guys. Well, Paul put it this way. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Okay? Paul had it a lot rougher than us. Okay? When it comes to suffering, I think Paul was varsity, and I think we're junior varsity. You understand that? Because sometimes we think suffering is like, well, I... I didn't get that parking space at Walmart. I'm just suffering, Lord. It was there, and she took it. We think suffering is being passed up from a promotion. It's not suffering. We're junior varsity compared to Paul, but you know what Paul said? Paul said, listen, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. So Paul didn't go, listen, I'm sitting here at Caesarea Maritime. I'm in prison. I'm ready to go home. Lord Jesus, come on. He said, okay, here's the deal. While I'm on earth, I've got to work. I've got to tell people about Jesus. And if I die, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm home. And that should be our attitudes, guys. While we're here, while God puts you here, guess what? We have a lot of people that need to come to know Jesus. Isn't it glorious, though, when they do? Isn't it amazing when God uses you to bring someone into the kingdom? What? God, can we do this again? If you've ever led someone to the Lord, it is glorious. Wow. But then Paul says, if, if, uh, okay, and if we die, or when we die, we get Jesus, and we get heaven, and we get a beautiful reunion. That's, that's just great. That's just what they say. That's just the cherry, the whipped cream, the topping on the cake. That's what it is. That's what it is. Why? 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 Because if Jesus doesn't come back for us, we're all going to die. If the Lord chooses 100 years, which I don't think he will, but if he chooses 100 years, pretty much every one of us is not going to be here. I can pretty much guarantee everyone won't be here. And if you think you're here, you got nothing coming. But what a beautiful reunion. Death is not our enemy, church. Death is not the enemy. We get we win. We win. So so listen, if death isn't the enemy, live. Live for the Lord. Smile. We don't have to wear masks anymore. Smile. Enjoy each other. That's the foundation that the Lord... In the Lord I put my trust. Why? That's all I want. That's all I need. Oh, no, no. I put my trust in this political organization. No, I don't put my trust in them. No, no, no. You've got to be on the other side because that... No, 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 no. I don't put my trust... You know what David said? David said, I put my trust... In the Lord. And he says, for look, the wicked bend their bow. What's he saying? He said the wicked are prepared to attack. Can you imagine? Whether that attack is literal or just describing slanderous allegations or accusations. 
That's what he means. To shoot from the darkness, David opponents hope to remain unseen, notice, and to hide their guilt. In other words, it's an ambush. The wicked bend their bow. They're ready to make their arrow on a string. They shoot secretly at the upright in heart. Can you imagine? That's why gossip stinks. Because usually it's done secretly to the upright in heart. Well, did you know? And and so and so and no. No. And then David says, listen, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? What's he saying there? The question has been answered. David rejects the advice to flee. He says, I'm not going to do it. While the wicked are intent on destruction, the righteous can take refuge in God. Now, as we come to verses 4 through 7, remember, David is going to express the faith in the Lord, who's going to destroy the wicked and deliver the righteous. Look, verse 4. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyeless test the son of men. The Lord tests the righteousness, but the wicked and the one who loves violence, his soul hates. Upon the wicked, he will rain coals, fire, brimstone, and a burning wind shall be the portion of their cup. Look at verse 7. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness. His countenance beholds the upright. Here, church, is the one thing that our foundation of life needs. And you go, what's that? If you have a pencil handy, jot this down. Confidence in the Lord. Confidence in the Lord. Why? Well, notice with me verse 4. He says, but the Lord in his holy temple, the Lord still rules from heaven. He watches everyone closely, examining every person on earth. Now, I'm reading from the New Living Translation on this particular verse. Why? Because here's what I want you to write next to this verse. God knows. God knows. He sees everything. Sometimes, come on, church, be honest. Sometimes we think God is up there and he's, he's yelling at Michael, the archangel, because he didn't see something. He's like, I didn't know this. Why did you do that? I can't believe this. And, 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 and Gabriel, come here. Get oh, meeting, meeting. That's not God. God actually knows. He sees. He has that. Listen, in your life, he sees. In your life, he sees. He sees all of it. He's got you in the palm of his hand. We need to do what David is doing right now. You go, what's that? Guess what he's doing? Do you see it in the scripture? What's that? David has contrasted the problem on earth with the exalted position of the Lord in heaven. Let me give it to you in modern terms. You ready? David doesn't tell God his problem. He tells his problem all about God. That's really what it is. Okay? David says, listen, here's the problem. Here's the problem. And I don't know about you, but I like to take and make a mountain out of a molehill. And it's a little problem. Oh, no, it's big. It's huge. I I can't believe this. Oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to (sighs) do? What's the matter, Ben? I'm not sleeping at night. (sighs) It's a big problem. (sighs) 
do you trust God? Oh, I trust God, but I don't know if he'll do this one. I don't know. And, and we get so nervous. But what David says, he says, no, here's what you need to do. You need to tell your problem, look how big my God is. Oh, did I not get an amen on that? Come on, let's, let, I need to tell my problem how big God is. Amen. See, you can only say amen if you really trust God. You say, I trust God. That's how, that, yeah. So, so let's take a moment to pause and reflect for just a second. Can I ask you a serious question? You go, yes. Do you really trust God? Do you really? All of you. Every bit. Everything. Church, listen to me. This is the most important moment for tonight. Why? Because, listen, we're all waiting for that trumpet to sound. You see, we all trust the Lord that he's saved us. But salvation... The gospel is so much more. Well, what is it? It's about trusting God for everyday life. That's what it is. It's about really walking in Him. It's having that confidence in the Lord. I can't think, well, let me just say it this way. David was a pretty big mess up. From Bathsheba to Uriah to all the little things that were not written about David, David David didn't win any awards for righteousness. You understand that, right? But here he says, in the Lord I put my trust. Yeah, but maybe you should do this. In the Lord, I put my trust. Well, maybe you should do that. In the Lord. Anything that we're about to to take, guys, in the Lord. And so the question is, how big is God in your life? How big? Okay. How many of you counsel God? <laughs> Thank you for being honest. How many of you count? We counsel God, don't we? We'll go in prayer and we'll tell God exactly how we think the world should run. Well, I'll counsel God. I'll counsel God. Now, Lord, listen. This is how I see it, Lord. I'm down on earth. You're busy with millions and millions and billions of people, so I understand you don't have time, but let me tell you what I think. If you were to just do A, B, and C, and do A, D, and E, and F, and, and all this together, then it'll work out good, Lord. It'll look out, work out great. Are we good? Hey, if you need another meeting, let me know, and we counsel God. If you were honest in church and you raised your hand that you counsel God... How many times has God listened to your plan? 
right? <laughs> and if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. God's like, I can't tell you how many times I said, God, I want you to do this, this, and this. Please do this. Please, please, please. And God's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I have something better for you. But at the time, I thought my whole life was ending. Oh, God, I can't believe this. She broke up with me. Really? Are you kidding? Yeah, me. I don't understand it. You understand that. You understand. Like, like this is a great building. But we're looking for another one. Well, why aren't you stressed about it? Because God's got it. And it has to be God. God's got it. That's what David is telling us. You know what? The circumstances have to bow. The anxieties have to bow. The emotional pains have to bow. The bad choices have to bow to God. Trusting in God means holding on to God all day long. All day. In verse 5 he says, The Lord tests the righteous, but the wicked and the one who loves violence his soul hates. Upon the wicked he will rain coals of fire. Lord is, and, and, and brimstone and burning wind. This is what David writes. This shall be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous and he loves righteousness. His countenance should, his countenance beholds the upright. In other words, here's what he says. The Lord examines both the righteous and the wicked. And here's what my God does. He hates those who love violence. He's going to rain down blazing coals and burning sulfur on the wicked, punishing them with scorching winds. He says, the Lord is righteous and he loves good deeds. This who do them will live in his presence. So, as we close our study tonight, let us remember what we've learned. You ready? The life we live, we must never forget our premise or our purpose. You go, what's that? If our foundation is faulty, then we'll be off balance. We will lean, ready? We will lean towards listening to worldly advice and not get godly advice. Guys, this is what this is what he's saying. If our foundation is off, we'll who who, who am I getting advice from? If your marriage is a mess or it's on the rocks, get godly advice, not worldly advice. Your ungodly friend is going to come in and go, well, he's doing this, forget him. That's not what God says. God says, your foundation, where's your foundation? Okay, I need, I need godly advice. And what's he saying? He's saying, go back to the basics of your faith.
Go back to the basics of your faith. You go, what are the basics of my faith? It's really simple, guys. First and foremost, it's reading the Word of God. Can we be honest in church? Can we be honest? We will turn around and go back for this. We won't leave the house. Now, some of you I know don't care, but most of us will go, oh, I I forgot my, I got to get my, but we won't read our Bible. And I know what you're thinking. Well, pastor, my Bible's on my phone. No. What I'm saying is an object lesson, guys, and my light's on, see? It's an object lesson is that that the basics is I want to get back to what God says. Do you realize that he has all the answers? If you've got a problem, seek the word of God and and, and obey. Obey the word of God. Okay, here's what it says. I got to do this. I got to do this. You go, what's another basic of foundation? You ready? We're going back to the basics of faith. It's called praying. Praying. Part of praying is seeking the Lord. Part of seeking the Lord is looking in his word. Guys, when we have study time, it's not like this. It's not like, okay, God, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Lord, here's this, here's that. Pray for that, pray for that, pray for that, pray for that. Amen. It's, it's a dialogue. It's, 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 it's a dialogue. Lord, here's what you, oh, Lord. Lord, this, the, the word, Lord, Lord, Jesus, you're talking about Israel and Israel is, 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 is committing adultery with, with the Canaanites and the, and the Moabites and the Amorites and the Cellulites and all these guys. I'm Israel. I'm Israel. Lord, forgive me. Lord, please guide me today. Lord, part of, part of praying is crying out. Crying out, God, God, help. God, help. Part of praying is confessing, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. Getting back to the basics of our faith, guys, it's sharing the love of God with people. Sharing the love of God with people. Listen to me. Even if that's just a kind smile. Why? Everyone in the world is so wound up right about now that we could show you some kindness. From from a national slap on stage to... The, the dude at the grocery store flipping out or whatever it might be. People are so wound up. Guys, you understand, we have been like this for the last two and a half years. We were like this before, but now it's like this. And so a kind smile from us. Not wanting anything, but are you okay? You doing all right? We've lost that art, guys. Getting back to the basics, you ready? Is giving. Giving. Well, I knew he was going to talk. Giving your time. Giving your talents. Giving of your resources. Giving. And last but not least, guys, finding that trust in the Lord Jesus. 
your foundation, your trust in him, is what's going to keep you on the right path. David reminded us of how big our God really is and the things of earth are small to him. So before we go home, church, would you do me a favor? I want to give you guys an opportunity to do some work with God. You go, what do you mean? Maybe we came here tonight And while I was teaching, you realized, oh, pastor, my foundation has been shook. I'm off balance. There's a crack in it. I need to come back to basics. So let's just spend some time as we worship, as we pray. Guys, we have 10 minutes. But maybe in those 10 minutes you go, Lord, restore my foundation. I've... I've not trusted you this last year, but I want to trust you like David. I've gotten some bad, ungodly advice. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. Father, that's our plea tonight, that we would trust you. Father, we need to do work with you, Lord. And so as the lights go down, Lord, it's not about the music or the songs or anything else. It's just that we got to get right with you. So, Lord, if you'll do a work in our hearts, maybe we came in here and we've got a good foundation, Lord. Grow our foundation. Encourage us. Speak to us, Lord. Maybe we came in here and you're going, wow, Lord, that message was what I needed to hear. My foundation, I've been walking off balance all the time. And I need you, God. I need to trust you. Lord, help me to trust you. I can't do it on my own. I need to trust you. As you worship the Lord, do work with God. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.